Last time I talked to you was right after what the Brad Pickett fight, which was your last fight. That happened right in uh, downtown Sacramento. Yeah, man. Right here is the first, the first fight in the new arena, and that new arena meant a lot to our team, man. It was, I mean, to our to our community. It was almost, you know, not going to happen. The the governor or the mayor at the time, uh, KJ, had to uh, had to really fight to to get the team to stay, and so. Because he fought, he got these local investors and everything else. That new arena was built, so I had to have my last fight on national television. And it was at the new arena, which meant a lot to our city. So it was cool, man. First time the UFC was there, and, and I got a big W, and it was my, uh, my adios to the, to the MMA scene. The adios, the farewell fight. And to, to think about it, like to put it in perspective, what you've meant to MMA as a whole worldwide, being a, you know, I don't know if you would call it a trendsetter, a trailblazer, a pioneer, but you're one of those guys that just that helped the sport in, in so many ways. And your nickname was the California Kid. That was your fight name. And to have your farewell fight in your home state of California, inside, I mean, you, you had all the confidence in the world going into that fight, huh? Yeah, and I mean, that that was always my, my favorite fights, win, lose, or draw. We're here in Sacramento. And if not in Sacramento, then San Diego or L.A., you know, California is my spot. Born in Santa Barbara, raised in Sacramento, and uh, you know I claim the whole state. So being being here and, and having that that final fight here was was awesome. The energy was crazy. Like had to you know try not to get teared up during the 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 pre-show for it, and uh, it went out and had a great fight. So so when when Buffer is when he does his little world famous turn and he points at you and he says. The California kid, you're right. I mean, I can imagine the emotions going through. You probably had tons of friends and family there from the Golden State. And when it's go time and something like that, does everything else just leave your mind? Is it is the focus there, or do you even are you just you're just there and you just you you or do you remember your game plan, or does it all go out the window at that point? Um, you know, the best way people ask about the the steps of fight day, and for me, it kind of changed over time, but not too much. You know, the whole day is about trying to relax and not thinking about the fight the whole day. You know, you want to get some food in you, enjoy yourself. Then you report to the arena, then it gets real. Then you try to relax in the room. Then it's an hour and a half out and, and it's time to go, uh, you know, get your warm-up in. So you're thinking about specific things you're doing. Then the walk to the cage. The walk to the cage is like the only time you're going to feel like a rock star in your life, really. You know, it's like, you know, everybody's looking at you. The, the energy's you know, pointed towards you and, and, uh, you know, the, the, the actual closing of the gate and, and time to go is, is a very surreal time. That's kind of when you, you know, you get into a different space, you're going to, you're going to fight someone with, with elbows and knees. We don't even do that in practice, really try to kill each other. Right. So, um, and then, you know, Bruce Buffer, there's only so many times when you have that, that dude, yelling your name and getting you all pumped up so it's like the hair on the back of your neck standing up and and uh you know just ready for battle super focused and and game plan is something that you have to train your instincts it's not a thought process it's it's you know train so much that you go out and just do and you do and that's what i want to talk to you about (laughs) and guys in case you're wondering you've heard the california kid you've heard me say that already but we're very blessed and humbled to be invited into Team Alpha Male's home here at Uriah Faber's Ultimate Fitness in the capital of the Golden State of California, Sacramento. 
I've spent a lot of time in the, in the city of Sacramento, the state of California, being a resident of right next door in the state of Nevada. And when somebody like you says you go, what I don't understand is that you, they said you retired. And it seems like if people keep up with the California kid, I don't care what you're doing. You're on the go. And what has retirement meant? I mean, it's, you're, you're way busier now than you've ever been, it seems. Yeah, retirement has meant more hard work, less punches to the head. <laughs> that's that's basically it you know it's it's a uh it's a constant hustle for me you know we just wrapped a movie um that we're filming in murphy's california that i was a producer on i'm not in the movie um andre feely is is one of our fighters that has some real star power he's had had a role a big role in there um you know that was a, a you know a 15-day shoot and i was there when i could be then i went to la and, you know, caught up with the champ, Cody Garbrandt, and, and got a couple of days into prep with him and had some meetings there. I was here this morning at 745 coaching my team and, and uh, yeah, you know, all the way to 1115, there was, there was sparring. Now we're doing this podcast. I had a business meeting right before this podcast. I've got another meeting after that. Uh, I'm just going. You know, this weekend I, I flew on Mountain Lion Aviation, 20-minute flight up to Tahoe, and, and got to kick back and, and relax with some of our sponsors and talk about the next big plans for the team and stuff like that at a mountain lion aviation. Like my life is a go. But if you think about it, you wouldn't have it any other way. I mean, you absolutely, you, you can tell by the way that you would walk into the arena. Like you gave the fans a sense of there is no reason in life not to smile, not to have a good day. There's no excuse not to have a good day. And I understand that things happen in life, Uriah, to where it's out of our control that you might have some sadness and, and face a road bump. But if you face the adversity in life with the, the optimistic attitude and outlook that you have, and not only that you have, but that you have instilled and ingrained in your fighters, your fight team, your friends like Mendez and, and Clay Guida and Cody and... and um, you, when you would walk to that octagon, you gave me, you gave the people in my living room that sense that, hey, it's, everything's going to be all right. You know, we're, we're here. It, 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 you can wake up every day and have a goal, and it's one thing to have that goal, and then it's, a, it's a, another thing to actually reach those short-term and long-term goals. And with your mentality in life, I, I, it just seems to me like there's nothing that you can't conquer. And I, and I just wanted to say that and say I appreciate that what the, at 39 years old, you've inspired a lot of people. Well, thank you, man. It means a lot. And yeah, like you said, I, mentality is is a choice. You know, the way you view things is a choice. And of course, everybody's going to have time have times when you're down. It seems like the you know the world's coming on you, or or things aren't going perfect. And you know, I always try to relate it to like elementary, junior high, and high school and college. You know, it's like when things are going bad, it always seems like it's the worst thing in the world. Like. You know, getting sent to the principal's office as a kid. You know how scared you were. You're gonna have to talk to your principal, and then you're gonna have to call your parents, and you have to go home. And and at that that moment in time, it's like it's nothing could be worse. And you're so you know in, in, involved in what's going on. But I mean, everything friggin' passes. It's about it's about a mentality of of trying to see the optimism in things, and and that that has been a lot of of my success. And I mean, you can see if you walk around this gym right now. Uh, Adversity caused some men to, to break, others to break records. Uh, adapt what is useful, reflect what is useless, and add what is specifically your own. Bruce Lee. We've got, you know, imagination has a lot to do with winning. You know, all, uh, you, all these you miss a, You miss 100% of the shots you don't take. Yeah, it's all these things that, that are kind of cliche things that you hear growing up, and it's like, you know, work work hard, the money will come, and, and you can do anything you put your mind to and all this stuff. 
you got to be a malleable person that really believes in anything can happen and then have the work ethic to do it and have the positive mental attitude to to keep going because life's fucking hard dude it's a hard it's a hard there ain't no doubt how hard yeah. life is. you know so. what i loved about what i when i walked in here today faber is that you were training you're you're the champ you're the california kid you're a ufc hall of famer you've coached on the ultimate fighter you fought in the philippines you fought in south america you fought all over the world you've represented the ufc the wec the king of the cage i was watching you in reno nevada and, and met you at the top of the escalators in the el dorado casino way back <laughs> yeah, when, that's before, awesome. be, probably before you had the name that you do now but you were building and you built a brand and i walk in here today and there's probably a 15 or 16 year old girl in in, in the i don't even know how old she was but she's yeah, training she with just, your right favor. She just turned 18. That's uh, Corey. And uh, that girl's a stud, man. You want to talk about discipline? And what, what, you're, what you're talking about right now, here's, here's, this, is always, this always shocks me when I hear people say, man, you're so humble. Or, man, you, you, know, you haven't changed. Like, it's weird to me that people aren't humble and that people do change. And that people, like, what are you supposed to do? You make it to a certain level and then you got to hide out because no one's good enough to hang out with you? <laughs> exactly. Like, you know, my, my life is right out in the open. My whole life right now is on this street. I've got my house on one street, my, you know, my gym's on another, and it's, it's, it's you know, two miles is, is my commute. And I'm bringing up the next generations because, you know, who knows what I'm going to do in the next, am I going to be in the limelight? Maybe I'm not. But I'll tell you what, that little girl I was dealing with, that's uh, Corey McKenna. Remember her name. She's one of the most disciplined girls that I've met, one of the most disciplined athletes that I've met with her diet, with her regimen, with her, uh, you know, what she puts in. She just turned 18. She was 7-0 as an amateur. She's now 1-0 as a pro, and she came over here from the U.K. to get her training camp in, and she's going to go back to the U.K. and fight a 30-year-old chick that's a little bit bigger than her. And, uh, you know, when I see the kind of effort she puts in, that inspires me and makes me want to go and give back to her. You know, I've got Chad in here, and, and I'm, I'm, you know, I'm pumped for him to make his return, Chad Mendez. And I'm like, dude, you know, Chad's doing everything in his power. He's got a monitor on him at all times. He's watching his heartbeat and doing this and doing his diet and sleeping in an elevation tent. And, like, that kind of focus and intent inspires me. And there's time to do all the stuff I want to do, but, like, giving back, that's, that's a big part of my passion. And, and the passion that you talk about giving back is, and, and that's what I've seen with what you've built here with Tam and Team Alpha Male out of Sacramento and we can get into your roster and I'm going to get into your roster um, because I, I can't believe that. I mean, you have 20 fighters out of this gym on the, just the UFC roster, not yeah. to mention all the other cards and, and, and fight clubs out there. When, when, when one of your fighters gets their hand raised, this, everybody in this gym wins. And when somebody loses, everybody picks that fighter up because they know that you got to come back because everybody in fighting loses. There's, it, it doesn't happen very often where you go undefeated. If you fight long enough, you're going to have your day where you get knocked the heck out. Yeah, if you, if you go out undefeated, you probably quit too early. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, and, and what I see with Alpha Male is that you have instilled this ideology in your fighters, including this 18-year-old girl, Cody McKenna, who's coming up. Everybody remember that name. I watched her spar with Uriah today, plus other fighters in his gym and she was I mean I don't I hate to use the word manhandle when I talk about her but she is awesome oh, yeah. and just to see the, the the attitude of this gym man it's like I want to work out when I'm in here I want to become I want to become a better version of myself and I brought Matt Pandola who who is a he's a trainer and he's a big fan of yours and and Chad Mendez and w that's what he's instilled in me is a better version of yourself and I think that you've given all these guys and girls the ideology 
that they can have their hand raised at any given time, and that's what they're all fighting for. That's it. You gotta you gotta have that belief system. And I remember, you know, I've heard it a bunch of different times. It's 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 very easy for somebody to think that things are impossible until they've seen them. And some guys doesn't matter if they've seen it or not. They believe in the impossible. I think that's that little edge that you have is, you know, you have to be so unrealistic that you can accomplish unrealistic things. And when you, when you, when a guy, when a, when a person comes into our gym, our gym and they're in here rubbing shoulders, this is like the think big gym, you know, you're rubbing shoulders with executives that are here working out. You're rubbing shoulders with some of the top fighters on the planet that that are on TV and have millions of followers, guys like Cody Garbrandt and Chad Mendez, and and you know, y- y- you guys are rubbing shoulders and realizing like we're all just human beings. That guy, you know, you watch him eat eat lunch right after a workout, or or you know, say hello and they say hello back. It's it, that's the way it should be. We're all here to to do big things and and accomplish and and realize that we're all on the same playing field. You just decide where you want to go and where you want to be and you don't stop doing it until then. So I, I like, I like this gym as a, as a think big place because everybody gets treated equally here, but you're around some really impressive people that you might think, Oh man, that, that person's just, just a down to earth, humble guy. It's like, heck yeah. I mean, that, that's the real world. And the other part of the real world and what you're saying and why you're talking and I'm, I'm seeing how much passion you're talking with is that Uriah Faber and Chad Mendez and, and no love. And believe it or not, y'all were, that that was you at one time. Oh yeah. Every when I would walk into a gym 15 20 years ago and I'd see this little skinny kid named Uriah, yeah. I could have very easily said, "Hey, who the hell is this guy?" And now exactly. look at you 15 years later, one of the top fighting careers of all time in mixed martial arts, a, 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 a guy that's opened so many doors, and I think that with that mentality that those guys could look at you and go, "That's impossible to reach." But they don't when they're in this gym because that's reachable in this gym. Absolutely. And and that that's something I learned a long time ago through, and I talk about this in my book also, when I, when I give speeches to, to corporations or groups, I'm always talking about um, you know, the think big process and how that had to change for me. I went through, and it's one of my favorite stories because it rang so true. My mom has always been a motivational person. We had, I have it in the kids area now in our, in our daycare area at the gym where it says, dream impossible dreams. When those dreams come true, make the next ones more impossible. I used to look at that every day at our fridge. It was always on the, on the, on the, on the, on the fridge of the magnet. And, um, you know, my mom used to have us write down goals and, and write down uh, things that we wanted out of life, etc. And I remember writing down in high school and writing down in college all my goals, but for some weird reason... I never put down to be a state champion. I was doing extra stuff. I, I was doing, and I got up one morning and I ran. I talk about this in my book also. I ran to school and I, I, didn't, I didn't plan exactly. I didn't know how far it was exactly. I didn't know how fast I'd run exactly. I didn't know, um, you know, what, you know, how hot I would get after, after I go. I just knew it was going to take a long time. It was pretty far and I wanted to do it because it was going to be, give me the edge. And I woke up in the morning 4.15, tested the air, and put on all these clothes because it was going to be hot, and I just started running. And then, you know, five minutes into it, off comes the first layer. Beanie's in my pocket, gloves are off, then I tie my shirt around my waist, and then I'm, you know, taking off my sweats into my long johns, and next thing you know, I'm, I'm you know, it, was a, it ended up being a nine-mile run, and 
I'm in great shape at this time. You know, I'm a sophomore or junior in high school, and uh, it was only nine miles, and I run pretty fast. I got to school two hours earlier carrying all my clothes, but it was a mentality. I want to do something hard, but I didn't really plan it out, you know. So, um, you know, it's one thing to, to, to think that you want to do something, and it's another thing to be thoughtful in how you do it and intelligent how you do it, and it's another thing to write out a goal, and it's, and it's something else to think really big. So when I'm, when I'm thinking big, when I'm thinking big, I'm not trying to, uh, now, I'm not trying to say I want to be in the top eight like I did in high school. I want to, I want to be an All-American, which is top eight. That's what my goal was my senior year. And I was doing all this extra stuff, probably more than most guys that were state champions. But I wrote down as my goal, be in the top eight. When I wrote down my goals for college, you know, I put a hit list down and I put down all the guys on my team. Because I had four guys in my weight class, three of them beat me in high school. I wrote down the hit list and I said, beat these guys on my team. When I got to my senior year, top eight again. I never put down, be a champion, be a champion, be a champion. It always baffled me why I didn't write down that, that bigger, bigger goal. And it just was, I wasn't used to thinking that big. And I didn't want to set myself up for disappointment. I don't know why I didn't do it. That's what changed when I came to the MMA world. I wrote down my goals. It was start a healthy and successful business. I was one, one month out of college. I said, be a world champion in the UFC or Pride. And I said, uh, own two houses in the next four years. And that's what I wrote down. That was the first goal. But it was, that was the first time I said champion versus top eight. And that was the difference, just a thought process, a little tweak in the thought process. Do you, do you accredit yourself with uh, that? The thought process is awesome. And I, I remember when I was a junior in high school, I'm older than you, 1992, I was a junior. So I'm two or three years older, maybe three years older than you. And, uh, I had a, a lump in my chest and I, I was an athlete. I was an all, all state baseball player and played on the state championship football teams. And I went into the doctor and I had this weird thing going on in my chest and they said, da, 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 da. And one thing leads to another and I got to get surgery. So they go in and they reconstruct my entire chest cavity. And, um, what they did is they went in and they broke every single one of my ribs in my rib cage. They took oh four, gosh. they took 49 inches of my ribs out, broke my sternum in half took my xiphoid process out and reconstructed my entire rib cage and I got a scar that goes all the way across my chest. And when I woke up in that in my after an 8-hour surgery, I woke up in the in the uh, recovery room and my entire team was standing around me with my head coach there. And I looked up, my it's kind of groggy-eyed and they were they had a present for me. And that present was a Bo Jackson calendar. And my coach said, what I want you to do is I want you to start today and I want you to write down your short-term goals on this page and your long-term goals on this page in December. And I want to see what we can reach. Let's not even think about what you just went through. And that mentality stuck to me. And to this day, it's been over 20 years since that surgery. I still have that poster with those goals written on them in a blue Sharpie. And when I think about, and when I hear you talk about your mentality and your approach, that's been my approach since that day when I, when I woke up and I'm like, I'm not going to be able to play baseball this year. After that day and I woke up and saw those guys in my room and my mom and my dad and my brothers and everybody, it never crossed my mind that I couldn't do it. Right. Two and a half months later, I was on the baseball field diving into second base, stealing second base. And that mentality is that it was just what you're seeing. I didn't set the goal to play baseball that year. But because I, had, I set all these other goals in my life, I just, kept, I just kept climbing and climbing. The next thing you know, I'm in a chest cavity playing baseball and not missing an at-bat. Yeah. And, and you can do that. You can look at life in one way. 
and you can, you can, you, it's easy for you to talk about that mentality, right? Because you give speeches and seminars and talk to big corporations, but it's not something to take for granted. That, right. that mentality has to be instilled in more people is what my point is. Oh, absolutely. And, and you know, you see it all the time. How many, how many guys, if hard, if hard work was the secret to success, I mean, then the guys that are digging ditches every day would be, you know, running the world. They'd have the most money in the bank. They'd be, uh, you know, president of the United States. If they can really dig a ditch and they can do it fast and hard and they work their butts off till exhaustion, hard work is not the key. It's an ingredient, you know. That self-belief is not the key. How many, how many guys have you had that think they're the shit, and it happens to this gym all the time, they come in here and they're here to be a fighter that no one can beat them, this and that. They come in, get their asses whooped, and either two things happen. Either their ego gets deflated and they're like, ah, reality hit in. I'm not the toughest guy in the world. I fucking suck. Or they get a good excuse. Well, they only beat me because I'm out of shape. I only beat me because I need better striking. Or they only beat me because this, that. Those are great excuses, and that's the type of person that you can mold into a champion, somebody that keeps that belief system, gets a dose of reality, and then starts making these adjustments. So, you know, it's, it's one thing to, uh, to, to want to do something. It's another thing to, to say, look, there's a long way to get there, but I can accomplish anything. It's not going to be easy. It's going to be a very difficult thing, but I'm going to keep on trying until I get it, right? And and I always talk about with my guys is the, the feather in the cap mentality. Everything you, guys, everything you guys do is a feather in your cap. Whether that guy came in for one day, he can always say, I came in, I trained with the best team in the world for one day. Take that, put a feather in your cap, move on, go get a job, and that's something you can always say you did. You want to stay and you want to be one of the top guys in the room. You want to stay and you want to be uh, uh, in the UFC. You know, each, each level of that becomes something you can be proud of. I love you want to be a... a uh, somebody that's a professional fighter, sure. You want to get in the UFC, sure. You want to be uh, a top contender, sure. You want to be a champion, sure. You want to go down in the Hall of Fame. How big do you want to think? How hard do you want to work? How long do you want to stay at it? That that that's that's the thing that that a lot of people don't understand, you know. And I I know because I wasn't the best wrestler in high school. I wasn't the best wrestler in college, but I was one of the best fighters on the planet. But so. you're also but. What I've seen since I've met you is that you do have an eye for talent, but that's not the most important thing that you have an eye for. You have a, an eye for heart, humility. You don't put up with a lot. Of, you don't, you're not going to have somebody in this gym that thinks they're bigger than this gym or bigger than the UFC or bigger than this lifestyle that we have. And we're sitting right next to a guy right now that's not only proven himself time and time again, but, you, but when you told me something one time, Uriah, that you met Mendez a long time ago and kind of, I don't know if you recruited him, but give me a little bit of that background and what did you see in Mendez from day one? So first off, I unsuccessfully recruited Chad to, to UC Davis, <laughs> yes. which is actually, you know, in some ways I feel like, I feel like Chad, you know, felt like, Hey, I wish I would have gone to Davis because we had a real camaraderie at UC Davis that we later had with this team that he felt a part of. I was like, man, that would have been cool to have that in college. But also Cal Poly's an really fun place to be so i i get that that was the that was the, the kicker right there <laughs> that was the, the kicker beach life and if you know chad mendez you know this guy loves life and loves to have a good time <laughs> so um i actually recruited him 
when I was coaching at UC Davis and he was a junior or senior in high school and he took a trip down to Davis and then ended up going to Cal Poly. But every single summer we worked at these wrestling camps and Chad is the only guy. I'm a, I'm a rough and tumble guy, especially because I got, you know, a late start in wrestling. I had to be a, you know, a thug, you know, hard head checks and like aggressive and stuff like that. And when I first started fighting, Chad was one of the only guys I could get to go with me. I had other guys that were all technicians that were, you know, I won't mention any names, but wouldn't go with me because, you know, I, I, I needed a push, and I was just starting the fight game, and he was just starting his college career. So we always, you know, had a, had that kinship. I actually, he used my fake ID. I mean, he used my <laughs> yes. ID as his fake ID because <laughs> <Yep. All laughs> we, looked, we looked real similar. Um, that's a great story as well. And, and uh, so the thing I saw with Chad is, is first off, attention to detail. He's obviously somebody who's very disciplined and a, and, a, and a gifted, gifted athlete, but a self-belief. I remember going with him, and he was a freshman in college, and I was must have been a year out of college. And I'm strong for my size, but Chad is really strong for his size. It, it's, it's abnormal. Like, he feels like this table if you get a chance to put your hands on him. And I remember wrestling with him and him saying, man, you're so strong. He said that to me. Like, you're, you're abnormally strong. And I didn't say anything to him, but I was thinking, this guy's <laughs> fucking strong. You know? That's when he was a freshman in college, so... We kept that, that, that kinship every summer, and, and you know, when I'd go to Cal Poly, you know, we'd see each other and, and, and uh, built a, a relationship like that. And then the last year, you know, I, I told him, like, hey, dude, time to live the dream. Finish out this, this year and, and pack your bags, and, and that's exactly what he did. Yep, day after graduation, threw all my stuff in the U-Haul and moved up to Sacramento. Yeah, moved into my house. Yep, stayed in one so of the that, spare rooms. So that took a big trust. I mean, you, you trusted Uriah that, I mean, that, that there, there was some, you, you had belief already in the system. Yeah. I mean, I saw, I saw the success that he was having as a fighter. Um, you know, the sport was on the rise and, you know, I, I'd been competing my entire life. Like I started swimming, I think at like four years old. Then I jumped right into wrestling at five, wrestled every single year from five all the way up through college. And I was like, man, I, I want to keep competing. You know, Faber thinks I'll be good at this. I mean, I'm going to give it a try at least for a couple years. You know, if I absolutely suck at it and I'm just getting my butt kicked, I'll go get a job. But, you know, I'm going to continue to keep competing and see how it goes and ended up being really good at it. So I just started living the dream, as Faber would say, and, uh, you know, just fell in love with the sport and, and just went with it. So it was a good, good, it's been a good ride. Good ride. I would say that. <laughs> You know, getting into some specifics, the thing I would start with first is last week I had a barbecue champion, Chad Ward, who you were with oh, in Kansas yeah. at the World Turkey Championships, and your your fight announcement. Let's not get past that. You got a fight coming up July 14th, Boise, Idaho. Yep. It's your return fight after about a two-year layoff or yep. a year-and-a-half layoff. I was talking to Uriah about the mentality of Team Alpha Male and the, the fan base that he's built. You, I was trying to tell him in so many words, Mendez, is that even when you're not on the fight team, like I, wanted to get, like I wanted to jump over that wall this morning and get in that picture because I feel like I'm part of the team just by living <laughs> yeah. through you guys vicariously, right? Uh -huh. So when, when you go into that fight in, in Boise, you have to be, you have to have like this entire sense that I have an entire family behind me. It's, this fighting is an individual sport. It's known as an individual sport, yeah, right? Sure. So is wrestling. But it's not an individual sport coming out of this gym, right? No, not at all. I mean, and, and coming off the wrestling background that I have, it's the same thing. You train with a team. You have a family. I mean, everybody becomes so close because you guys are going through hell. You're grinding on, on the daily. Same thing here and here in the fight gym. And, you know, you just get so close with everyone. But, yeah, it's, 
you're the one stepping in the cage, but you just feel like you have everyone right there, you know, on your back with you. But, and it's, uh, you know, it's something that it's just tough to explain. Like you kill yourself day in and day out in the gym with these guys. You're beating the crap out of each other. Um, sometimes you cut each other. Sometimes, you know, things get injured, you know, but that's just part of the game. But yeah, I mean, the, the family, the camaraderie, we all love each other. I mean, it's something that I'm super blessed to be a part of, and I'm, I'm thankful Faber brought me into this into this world. Yeah, it's cool. I remember one time after Chad, he had a, uh, the first fight to Aldo, and he was having a great fight and got caught with a knee. And, uh, you know, in the aftermath of, of, that, of that fight, you know, he, he repeated something that I always say is, like, you know, when I've had tough losses, it's like, you know, life's good. I... I I'm going to go home, hang out with my buddies. I'm going to have a good time. Family still loves me, et cetera. And, and, you know, it's water off a duck's back. We're, we're back in the gym and, and living the good life. Just fought for a world championship. That's like being in the Super Bowl. Yeah. When you're fighting in a world championship fight, that's like being in the Super Bowl. And how many guys get to be in the Super Bowl? And how many guys get to, get to uh, experience that, that elevation of, of, of being at the highest level? You know, Chad's done it a number of times. I've done it a number of times. Cody's getting a chance to do it. And, and and everyone else is shooting for that for that 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 pinnacle of, of the sport but it's a tough tough way to make a living this is a hard way to make a living and if you're not having fun with it and, and me and chad have had conversations with this numerous times throughout life and throughout the career where if we're not enjoying ourselves if he's not going out and getting those hunting trips in and <laughs> and we're not in here laughing and having fun like that's a miserable life. Yeah. You just come in. And that's like a, you know, that's like you just coming in and fighting people all the time. Like yeah. you got to have the other parts of it, or otherwise, what are we doing? Yeah. See, this is the kind of things that are so important to behind the scenes documentaries of being able to get to know you guys because from the outside looking in, that's what it looks like. It looks like you guys come in here and beat the living piss out of each other every day, and then go and fight, and then leave that fight, and then go train again, and then fight again. But in reality, and it's it's neater today with social media because you can follow mm-hmm. what you guys get to do. And if you're not surfing, or if you're not speaking, or if you're not hunting, or if you're not fishing, you guys are you guys are training, and you're, there's that huge part of this life is that you've given back to the sport, and the sport has given back to you guys in so many different ways. A lot of your livelihood, a lot of your hunting success is because of your fight game. You've brought your fight passion into the outdoors, and now you have tons of companies that entrust in your personality, your face, your humility to represent their their brands. And Uriah flew the flags of so many brands during his fight career. He owns his own brands now and you own your own brand. And I think that that mentality that you guys keep talking about, you guys say it with a grain of salt, but I really think that people need to really stop and listen to what you guys are saying that you guys have played in the Super Bowl. You have fought for world titles. You've had literally 40,000 people chanting your name at a time. That shit does not happen to everybody in the world, guys. <laughs> it doesn't. And you no. guys just sit across the table from me, like, with your arms folded, like, hey, man. And that's what I love about you, too, is that there's so much humility. And Uriah said it on the, at the beginning of the talk, Mendez, is that what are you going to do? Just go into a hole in a cave and not open up? Because you're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't when yeah. you get your guys' success. Because here's yeah. what it is. Oh, yeah. if, you, if Uriah Faber and Chad Mendez go into a room and they don't say anything, they're cocky. They're stuck. You know, they're arrogant. But if they're the life of the party and the limelight's on them all the time... Then they're 
everything's about Uriah. Everything's about Chad. So <laughs> yeah. how, where's the even line that you have to walk? Because if you don't talk to anybody, you're an a-hole. If you, do, if you talk to everybody and it's all about you because you guys are celebrities, you're an a-hole because you're taking the attention. So there's a fine line. And you guys have done so well at that of making everybody feel like they belong. And when I walked in here today, I was like, dude, Uriah's training with an 18-year-old girl and Mendez is training with a dude. And that's what this team's all about. And I just wanted to keep bringing that back into it. That, that, that theme that I saw in the first five minutes at, at Ultimate Fitness today is your guys' walk of life every day. Yeah. yeah. I mean, people, I, I mean, I hear this a lot and it's like, we're all just normal people. I mean, just because we, we are crazy enough to step into a cage and, and fight somebody, I mean, we're still, outside of that, we're all just normal people. Like, I enjoy nice things in life i like getting away like i just went to shasta lake shasta with my wife and you know it was it was an awesome trip being able to just disconnect we were out of service you know we were off the grid and just fished and hung out in the sun and you know relaxed and it was you know those are the types of things that i i live my life for like being with someone that i love like spending time and doing things in the outdoors like all the fighting stuff i absolutely love competing i love being a top competitor i love pushing myself to the limits you know and that's just you know one of the things i love in life and you know for guys and i, and I know there's a lot of guys in the sport that they're 110 percent consumed by the sport to where they they don't do anything they don't have any other hobbies they don't have any you know thing that they do outside of the game and you know to me it's and you know favor just touched on that but there's so many things to do in this life and for me it's you just got to find what makes you happy and and do it I mean, the, the fighting is definitely a springboard to, um, you know, the next platform of your life. And Faber's kind of talked about this before with me. But, you know, there's, there's different stages of life. Like for me, it was, you know, wrestling as a little kid, uh, you know, trying to be a state champion in high school, going from high school to get recruited to college to wrestle there. And then from college, you know, transforming into a fighter and trying to be the best fighter that I can be. And then, you know, growing my outdoor business and, and you know, later in life, you know, transforming into that, that world. So, um, you know, everything just has its platform and one thing's a springboard into the next. And I think we talked about this last time on the pot or, or before on the podcast. And, um, you know, it's just, there, there's so many positive, positive things in life, but people just forget that, you know, we're just normal people. Like we're just, we're just trying to live life yeah. too and have fun and enjoy it. It's a short ride. So, Big time. yeah. Yeah. And I, <clears throat> I like what Chad's talking about also <clears throat> is, is, uh, you know the diversity of 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 life you got to have some of that doesn't mean that you can't prepare you know utmost and i talk to the guys all the time in practice you know starting starting uh a practice with a good energy that's a choice bringing yourself good energy having good energy with the other people that's a choice and and that helps in a room secondly we end a we end we end practice with a conversation those conversations can be more valuable sometimes in the entire day of practice if something clicks for someone. You cover a bunch of different things. The most important thing is self-belief. Like, and I always talk about this, and I think it got mis misinterpreted one time when I was talking to Conor McGregor. Like, Chad and I grew up in a lot different different environments. Like, Chad's dad started him wrestling when he was what? How old were five? Like, five yeah. years old. <clears throat> a life of regimen. You can see pictures of Chad Mendez. Little, little, little tiny Chad Mendes with all these trophies surrounded and a six pack. My dad used to drive us around in the summers, and he put me and my pop, uh, me and my brother would uh, uh, would be dropped off at a pond, 
and he would go work construction all day and we'd sit there and fish all day and and, and yeah, wait so that too. you know that that was my that was that was my my, my summer my dad wasn't like here do this sport etc it was like you know we're along for the ride so i didn't start wrestling and doing that kind of stuff until i was maybe 13 14 years old and i was getting my butt whipped by guys like chad that had been been you know going since they're little kids and and chad on the other hand he'd been getting pushed and pushed and pushed since he was a little guy and those little breaks meant so much to him as part of his success is like when his you know when they go fishing or they do these trips like that mean meant a lot because you're mm-hmm. you're in a heavy regiment since a little kid right sure. wrestling in these tournaments on the weekends etc cetera, etc cetera. so when i had to start wrestling i had to play catch up or else i was going to continue to get my butt whooped by <laughs> these studs you know so <clears throat> didn't quite close the gap in the wrestling arena with with chad but that kind of took for me my 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 mental stability i needed to be doing like a little bit more and probably overtraining a lot of times you know in 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 the in the wrestling world in the fight world to, to close some of those gaps and then i had to tone it down and chad is, has has got to take those breaks and and get himself refreshed and enjoy that space and then hit hard regimen practice mm-hmm. uh, you know on a schedule and and the most important thing about that is this is what he needs mentally this is what i need mentally and every single person's different but the most important thing is that you believe in what you're doing and you believe that you can that's the key as long as you're you've got that intact everything else is gravy i know that everything everything can go astray sometimes in life and we talked about that a little bit ago and I talked to Hendo last week on the podcast about some of the current affairs that are going on within the MMA world. Oh, um, I love, hey, first off, that's immensely strong dude, Dan Hendo. <laughs> yeah. I freaking I got a chance to watch that guy train when I first started. Guy is a savage, and if you just learn about his mentality, that guy's got a freaking mentality. That's always that's why I always compare Chad. I'm like Chad. When you look at Dan Henderson, that guy on on his wrestling knowledge and, and mentality and, and athleticism alone. There's, there's a very, very minute person that will ever be able to beat that guy up, and he's always in a fight, you know? Any weight class, any... Amazing any, Yeah, it's incredible. Mm-hmm. And he I said, and it's a, if you listen to the podcast, he says the same thing about you. He oh, said yeah. he was a, a Uriah Faber fan, a Chad Mendez fan since day one. Loved the mentality. You can listen to it. I mean, oh, it's, really cool. it's, it's, it's out there. He's always rocking fins and feathers. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. I keep sending yeah. Chad snapshots <laughs> of it. Yeah, he loves That's supporting... Cool. The way that he put it was... He, he is he was a, a pioneer of the sport and he represented the mma lifestyle not just in america but all over the world and he was in pride he was in strike force he did i i he's not embarrassed but he's ashamed of some of the things that are going on in the game do you have that with the the way you've represented yourself does it piss you off when you see something like happened in in cleveland a couple a couple months ago with with connor and the guys Does stuff like that put a black eye on the sport and how fast does a, a company like the ufc recover from something like that in my mind it doesn't it doesn't really here here's the thing there's individuals in every single sport that, that I mean, you can't you can't judge the whole litter by by certain things that happen. And for me, um, you know, we're dealing with personalities. I like, I actually love that we have these different personalities, and I love that people are are really representing who they are. Connor's a loyal. That's a good point. I like Co- Connor's a loyal guy. Nick and Nate Diaz are a loyal guys. You know, they they have their things that 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 makes them them. 
as long as it's not fake, I don't like fakeness. Like when people are doing things just because, I don't like that. But if that's who you are and you wear it like that, so be it. Deal with the consequences, whatever it is. This is the real world. It's a reminder that this is the real world and we're dealing with individuals. And, and you know, all, all high water raises ships, raises all ships, they say, right? The high water raises all ships. You know, in the end of the day, there's more awareness on the sport and there'll be, uh, you know, highlights for guys like, like uh like chad mendez who you know have a level head and and have you know legit things going because of things like that so it is what it is we're all individuals so let me ask you this specifically uriah faber if if your boy sitting to your left my right money mendez has a full fight camp going into the conor mcgregor fight Mm. what is the outcome of that fight with a a full training camp in your opinion as his coach and mentor you guys Uh, saw it in the first two rounds yeah (laughs) that's it i mean (laughs) i you know and that's that's something i talk about like honestly chad is uh is a gamer he he was on a boat fishing having a couple beers when he got that call with two weeks left and you know this guy trains his butt off in, in camp and and believes he can do anything so he took that fight in a heartbeat and Unfortunately, the gas gave out just enough to Connor to get off, but Chad was having an easy time. Not to mention, a lot of people don't know this. Chad, when he took Connor down, the first like you know minute and a half, he was throwing nasty ground and pound, smiling at, at Connor, but he broke his thumb. Yeah. He I, broke his thumb, right. thumb like yeah. the first minute of that fight. <clears throat> so he had a broken thumb going to that thing. Plus he's he was wheezing, and Connor was throwing some body shots. But you know, Connor knows that that fight was. You know, he, he knows what was happening. That was an easy fight for Chad yeah. until he got a little bit little bit tired and, and Connor Connor took advantage. So and when you Chad when you can that. take a guy down pretty much whenever you want and he's content with just staying on his back with a closed guard, you're gonna just be able to elbow and ground and pound the entire round, you yeah. know? And if if I had the gas to be able to just take him down again in the third and the fourth and the fifth and just stay on top of him there was nothing he was going to be able to do See, he's I, not he's not going to submit me off his back you yeah. know there was no danger yeah. and the other thing is this if you actually watch that first round and just the stand-up exchanges chad was getting the better of the straight stand-up also yeah. well, he's a i mean so. it, it, with when you look at a, a body makeup of chad mendez you don't think box you don't think boxer you yeah. don't think reach you don't think that this guy's ever going to be able to get he's He's got insane hands, and yeah. and I'm not. I'm I'm just going off of a of a novice fight fan. I'm a huge fight fan, but I'm just novice when it comes to the technicality of it. Uriah, I love Mike Tyson. I love the career of Mike Tyson. Mm-hmm. And when I watch the way that he attacks somebody with his hands, I think back of that day. He wasn't the tallest guy in the ring. He was shorter than Spinks. He was shorter than Holmes. He was shorter than all of them. Yeah. And he would go in there with that towel wrapped around. When we take it off and hear that bell. It was a bulldog. And what he does with his hands is kind of that same approach. Am I on to something when I say that? He is oh, yeah. a hell of a boxer, right? And we've talked with Chad about that, you know. And, and there's guys like uh, we've got a little kid, Andrew Coyne, bulldog. He just lost his first fight uh, in his career this last weekend. And, um, you know, he's a lankier, kind of a slick guy. I'll tell him to watch, you know, a couple other guys. Tyson's a great, a great uh, person for Chad to watch. And, you know, that – just finding a way is is the easy part and the guy hits hard etc so um yeah that's that's one of the guys to have chad watch yeah i like i like being able to get inside i think the difference is you know everybody i've ever fought has a reach advantage on me you know i'm a short 45er but being able to close the distance and get on the inside and just let big hooks and overhands go i mean that's where my strength comes in so that's that's what i like that's what i like about the tyson style yeah and i i think 
you know, there's there's a lot to that. It's not, it's it's just finding a way. There's there's yeah. not like any style. That's what we love about MMA. Anybody. Now we got that uh, the kid uh, O'Malley, long lanky guy, and he's doing all sorts of cool tricks. He's he's like a delusional type of guy that he thinks no one can touch him. And he fights like that. He's got a creative style. He works on all these little tricks, and he's got a different body style. It's it's just it's just finding a way. Is that with the, what that's you have. the sugar sugar old man. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, he's he's uh, he he made a, uh, a comment the other day about he's going to bring a new level of excitement to MMA, and he's building a brand. Yeah, yeah. And I, and, but he backs it up when he gets in there, and that's another guy. You look at him, you're just like, man. This, that's what I love about MMA is it doesn't. When I watch, if I looked at Daniel Cormier on the streets, I would go, you know, just an average guy. Olympic wrestler, world champion. He's getting ready to have an opportunity to hold belts in two different weight divisions. Yeah. And it, it, I love his mentality when he goes in the ring because he never says no to a fight. And no matter what the odds are, if they're stacked against him or they're in his favor, he fights the same fight every time. Yeah. And it's just, it's just, that's what I love about the MMA game is that you can take somebody like Mendez that might not necessarily have the reach, but he can take you down, ground pound you. But it, he can also surprise you with a jab or a hook or something because of the way you guys train and how well-rounded your athletes are that are coming out of the gym. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, it's just a choice. You know, you, you build with the mentality, then you add the techniques. That's that's kind of the gig. And Cormier, I remember Munoz telling me, he goes, oh, I'm telling you, before Cormier started fighting, he goes, Cormier would be an incredible fighter. Munoz is a good, uh, Mark Munoz is a good, good talent scout also. You know, he's a great coach. And he, he saw Cormier from a mile away and was like, you know, just like I did with Chad, I'm like, dude, no one's going to beat up Chad, you know? That, that's how he was with Cormier. So, yeah, it's good to see the transition of these guys. I liked how you describe Hendo, that there's only a minute portion of the population in the world that could beat, beat that him. guy. On <laughs> any true. given day. He could, yeah. be wo- he could be woke up in the middle of the night and have one arm and still beat the shit out of 99% of the people. <laughs> yeah. The mentality alone. Do you, does he, yeah. do you owe him money or something? Yeah. Or are you just saying yeah. it's like... That but, guy's, I'm going to tell you, the first time I trained... I. We used to have these camps. Our, our manager, Mike Roberts, used to, he was like a super fan. So he'd get uh, Randy Couture and Quentin Rampage Jackson and Tito Ortiz and, and Frank Trigg. And he'd, he'd get camps held out here with us, James Irvin and Scott Smith. So we do these camps. And I remember Hendo came down from one of them in 2003 or 2004, I think 2004. And we trained this little jiu-jitsu place, Cassio Warnex at the time. And uh, I remember... You know, watching Dan, and Dan looks exactly the same now as he did, you know, 15 years ago. And he's sitting there and all, all tired, and he got, uh, you know, just had some good rounds. And I'm talking to uh, to his boy that uh, it was a Greco-Roman, a Greco-Roman uh, competitor who's a 30 or a 45 pounder. <clears throat> What's his name out in Temecula? Uh, the Greco, his Greco buddy. I forget. Anyways. So we're talking, I'm like, I'm trying to get some edge, you know, Hendo's already got this big name in pride and he's fought in the UFC and all this stuff. And I said, Hey, I said, how much, how much is, is Henderson running, uh, for his regimen? Is he doing sprints? Is he doing distance? What? Blah, blah, blah. This is like 2004. And, and he looked at me and he said, man, Hendo hasn't run in 13 years. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought it was the funniest thing because the guy's <laughs> It just goes to show you, man, it's the mentality and, and everyone has their different ways of training. Just like talked about Chad mm-hmm. and, and the difference in mine and Chad's kind of like upbringing and stuff like that. He goes, man, uh, he, he hasn't, he hasn't, he hasn't ran in 13 years. And I was like, really? 
You know, because here I am trying to find every edge. I want to hear what the champions are doing. And the truth is, like, you got to do what you got to do and, and, and understand that it's different for everybody. The announcement they made last week or just the other day about his fight against Shogun Hua going into the Hall of Fame, it, when you watch that five rounds of fighting, like, literally, like, there's just no way that either man should have been standing. No way. Um, some of the stats that, that Hendo mm. announced on the podcast were he landed more power shots in that fight than he did combined in his entire career. Huh. <laughs> That's crazy. Shogun, I Shogun Hua wore more power shots in that title in that fight than he did in his entire career wow think about that dan hendo the h-bomb he landed more power shots in five rounds against shogun who than he did of all of his other fights combined that had to have taken a few years off his life yeah okay. off of whose life <laughs> <laughs> shogun, yeah. <laughs> yeah. like like in, in i brought matt pandola you're a favor he's a, a obviously a huge fan of both of you guys but he has some common common ground with you um Joey Gilbert, a boxer that was on the Contender Series with, with Sylvester Stallone and, and Sugar Ray Leonard, is out of Reno, Nevada, and he's trained with the, with the Mendezes and, and knew you. And um, Matt was his trainer it, back in the day, oh, nice. back in the fight game. And, and me, Matt and I were having a conversation about exactly what you've been talking about, your mentality and the better version of you every day. And I think that it's uh, – when you talk about that, do you consider yourself a life coach? Because I, under, uh, I understand that you're the owner of this gym, right? But are you a life coach or are you just a technical coach for these for these kids and for I mean Mendez isn't even a kid anymore. He he's in his in his early thirties and he's still listening to you on a daily basis. What what I, is your job? I, I I would say even if he doesn't think so, but Faber is definitely a life coach. I know there's a lot of us, me included. You know, all the way back to when I first met Uriah, Uriah was someone that I looked up to, and I know a lot of these guys have and still do. Um, and you know everyone they see his positivity they see his mindset in the in the in the world of business you know trying to succeed always trying to improve um in the fight game like that's something that wears off on all of us and we see that and we want to be just like that so um i if even if he doesn't think so yes Fabry is a life coach well uh, thanks chad yeah and and i mean i learn as as somebody that that i mean i really do enjoy mentoring these guys and not even the technical side it's it's frustrating for me to do the technical side sometimes you know because different people have different speeds so and different different strengths and and, and things like that and and you can break it down but my best time spent is is on the mental side of things because i really believe that's the most important thing when there's time to add techniques obviously i love to do that stuff and and we've got probably 12 coaches associated with this team that have different strengths, different weaknesses, whether it's MMA or, or whatever it is. Uh, and, and the truth is, you know, that, that important part of coaching a lot of times is, uh, is overlooked. And I remember we had a coach in here that I brought in. I brought him in for about a year and a half or a little less than that, actually, a year and a couple months. And he did not understand that. There was, there was like a, you know, showed some great technique, but you know, almost like this is what pimps do. This is what abusive relationships do. This is what bad coaches do. They make you think you cannot without them. It's an insecurity thing on the coaching side. For for me, as somebody who's a mentor and you could say life coach or whatever, it, all I'm trying to instill in these guys is yes, you can. Yes, you can. It doesn't matter if I'm here. I had this conversation with Andre Feely who's like – quick to give thanks like i couldn't have done it without you i would not be where i'm at without you or without this person without that person i'm like yeah you would have you know you guys 
you got everybody can do anything. You just have to believe that you can. And it's not because of me, or it's not because of that person, or not because of this person. It's because of an in, in, internal belief and a work ethic and a mindset that yes, I can. Yes, I will. You know, I have more to learn. I'm open to 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 to, to take more information in. All that kind of stuff is what needs to be, you know, illustrated. And then, life coach, it's you know, you don't want to be a life coach where you tell exactly what you you. I'm telling you what to do. It's more of like, hey, here's a mindset. Hey, Chad, what do you love to do? How can we parlay this in the next thing? It's not like this is what you're gonna do. You're gonna do this, that, and this, the other thing. I don't like to tell people what to do. I like to make them think big and realize their potential. So yeah, I would say that that's a big part of it, but. You know, I had I had the benefit of having that with my coaches. Coach Lenny Zaleski was a descendant of of Dan Gable's coaching. You know, Mark Munoz was a as a a guy I coached alongside, but learned a lot from. He came from John Smith, two of the most successful wrestlers and the two of the most successful coaches of all time in in the U.S. Olympic champions, uh, national champions, world champions, and then they've been able to pass that on. It's not because of the technique. There's a million techniques out there. It's because of the mentality. And when you say mentality, do you ever take your mentality in what you do now and, and make predictions? And I'm going into something here because can you, when you watch Chad fight McGregor in those, in those first two rounds and you knew what was getting ready to go down if he had a – and you know what would have happened if he had a full camp, can you is the mentality just got to be stick to the game plan? Like, what does No Love do against Dillashaw on, on the second fight? What does Mendez do not being in a live octagon? Is his mentality going to be ready, set, go right from the beginning? Is he going to be ready when he walks in there, Uriah? And is that because of this belief system that this gym instills in your fighters? Or how does that work? Is it an individuality in that as well? There's individuality, obviously. And, and TJ, I know TJ. I lived with TJ. He lived in my house with me. He lived, you know, one house over for years saw him in the gym, etc. Cody, same thing. You know, these guys all have championship mentalities. So then it becomes, you know, there's a little bit of luck in this game, unfortunately. There is uh, a lot of training regimen and, and being and having a game plan. But you have to really truly believe that you can and then also understand that it's not going to be easy. One of the best conversations I've had with Chad was, was after he fought Jose Aldo in one of the best fights of all time, in my opinion. And I, I watched that fight the other day again, and seeing you know, the chess match that was happening, seeing one guy get knocked down and then having to recover, then the other guy getting knocked down and having to recover, and, and shooting takedowns and getting the takedown and then losing a takedown. like Those kind of fights, that, that's the kind of fight that you get to take with you the rest of your life and learn from it. And it becomes something that is part of you and something that you can, you know, be proud of for the rest of your life. Win, lose, or draw. And I talked to Chad afterwards. I was like, man, that was the best, you know, I'd seen Chad perform. And he said, and it came out in the fight, he said, I knew that that was going to be the, one of the toughest things that I've, I've ever done in my life. And I got myself prepared for that. He goes, I knew this was going to be a gritty fight. I knew it was going to be one of the toughest things I've done. And I was ready for that. And that, you know, it's hard to take that, in, and I've had 44 fights. It's hard to have that, that same amount of intensity and thought process all the time. And so you hope that you can do it, but sometimes I forget. I've had times where I'm trying to find that edge, fighting guys that nobody knows, where I have nothing to gain, etc. And it's hard to get that edge sometimes, you know. So, Where do you get it? Is it, is it is, you can't come out of the octagon and face a world-class fighter like Jose Aldo 
and you fought all though. You you guys both had experience against this guy. Right. You can't come out of there and just make a statement, in my opinion, that I knew that this was going to be the tough a tough day at work. Like, are fighters born Uriah, or is can you can can a guy come in here at twenty years old and and does he have to have a fighter mentality already, or can that be taught too? There's something called a growth mindset. I think Napoleon Hill maybe talks about it. Napoleon Hill followed around uh, some of the most influential people of his times the carnegies the the you know the the heavy hitters of the time in business and the wealthiest guys in the world and studied them that was his job was to study and um you know a growth mindset means that you're open to anything and and i and dan gable used to talk i heard i heard dan gable talk he came and gave a speech and he said i was gullible i was when somebody told me something i believed it you know and that growth mindset if you have it, then it's something that can be taught. If you don't have it, then it's something that can't be taught. A growth mindset means that I'm open for, for learning. I'm open for, for, for believing in that I can. And then people that don't have the growth mindset just think they're stuck. Well, I can't do that. I'm not good enough. Well, I'm not supposed to be there. I'm not supposed to do this. I, I wasn't given the gifts, etc. With that growth mindset, if you can get in a person's head and, and tell them something and they really believe it and it clicks then yes, it's, it's teachable. But you have to believe it. You have to be able, it's like, you know, drinking the Kool-Aid, they say, you know, like drinking the Kool-Aid where, where you believe, oh, shit, well, I can be a world champion. Well, I can be a millionaire. Well, I can, you know, have a self, healthy family that, that, you know, is free of abuse or whatever, however you want to change your life. You know, that growth mindset is something that makes anything teachable, but you have to have it and you can't teach that. You have to, like, say, look, if I tell you something, as long as you believe it and you work at it, you can do it. Some people will be like, no, I can't. There, there you go. Well, then you probably can. Yeah. Matt, Matt, tell them the quote that's on your wall about um, if, you, if you can, you can. Yeah, what's you believe. The, what's the, what's it's the quote? It's on here twice. Ronnie Lott yeah. said it and someone else said it. Mm-hmm. It says if you tell your, if you, whether you tell your, whether you, whether think, you think you can, can or you think you, think you can't, can't, you're correct. You're probably right. Yeah. yeah. And, yeah, yeah, and Matt, 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 when we walked in here and I showed Matt the quotes because Matt's gym has these quotes some of the same ones on his wall. Um, um, there's, there's several things that we go over in podcasts, and what we talked about at the beginning of this favor was those quotes as a kid, you're like, yeah, 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 that's so yeah, corny, that's so cliche. Yeah. And then you come full circle in life, and at 43, yeah, I'm yeah. sitting back going, man, when Uriah is talking and when I'm with Mendez, it's like we've been on hunts together where we might not have had the most quote-unquote successful hunt. Right. But me and him are already on the same page that the success already started when the truck pulled up that morning. Journey. Right? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? That's, yeah. that's what life is to me is that if you close yourself off to that mentality or that thinking process or ideology that, man, we didn't kill him today or I didn't win today. If you leave this gym every day and you, and you say to yourself, I learned something today. I, I, was, I was motivated today. Uriah said something that clicked in my mind. And what I taught, what I call it, and I don't know if I term this or coin this or whatever, but I call it the open door mentality. Not that every door is open, but you can open doors or kick doors down or open a door just by listening. Having that open-minded mentality, that being coachable. There is a such thing as being coachable in life. Oh, yeah. There isn't sure. such yeah. thing. And, I, and that's what I look for in people, and that's who I click with. It's like when, you're, when you sit back and or somebody says, why do you have a podcast? Well, I like to talk. 
I like to converse. I like to look people in the face because I can't, when Chad makes a smart ass joke on a text, (laughs) or like I'll say, I'm going to whip you tomorrow. And then he writes back and goes, I bet you won't. Like I get that. Whip these nuts. Yeah. See, I've I've had enough. (laughs) I know Chad all too well. (laughs) I've had enough. I've had enough interaction with him that I know what he's doing. But sometimes in text you get misconstrued, right? So yeah. the, I, the the art of conversing is why I ha, I like doing this. You're good well, at it, bro. Well, I appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> See, that was another joke. That's Mendez. That's the Mendez. <laughs> but do you, if you think about the the way that most of our society is going, that everything can be done with a click of a button. I can literally go online with a fake name and tell Uriah Faber that he's the world's biggest piece of garbage, and not have any responsibility or any any altercation or anything where it used to be if somebody walked up to you on the playground and said Uriah why do you have your hair in cornrows you could you could there you could settle it now you have you can literally say anything about anybody that you want and that mentality that you were just talking about that I, I have I keep an open mind where before in my career I'd be like oh my god they just made fun of me on the internet and I sit back and go Dude, they got to be paying attention to something if they're making fun of me, right? Yeah. They're, they're paying attention to something. And, and I've heard it about you. I've heard it about you. If the, the haters are going to hate, okay? Oh, yeah. They're going to do it. But that open-minded Always. mentality to me tells me this. I want to give them something to keep hating on because if that's the words you want to use, if you want to hate on me every day, just keep, keep watching what we're doing. And I think that that's how you controlled your fight career is that you were an individual in the ring. And now when you take that career into or in the octagon and you take it into your gym now, I truly think that that mentality of, listen, people out there can say whatever they want, but you're going to have to shoulder that in some way or fashion. If you, and you take it a step further, when you yeah. lose, how are you going to come back from that loss? And when you win and you get an endorsement deal, how are you going to still be Uriah Faber or Chad Mendez training with the up-and-comers that, that don't have a name in the sport yet? And, and, and whether that thought's all over the place or not, and it could be, I'm, what I'm trying to say in a nutshell is that that open-minded mentality is a necessity to get through life, in my opinion. And it, it, You can sit on the couch and complain all day you want and hate as much as you want to do, but you're never going to win in life. If you don't have an open mind or you're willing to learn something. Yeah, that growth mindset. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And where, where, where does it end, though, Uriah? Like, where, now, you're, you're freaking acting with The Rock now, who's arguably the biggest uh, Hollywood paid actor in Hollywood of now. Time. Of all time. I mean, he's yeah, breaking record after. Of today's day and age. Tell me real quick. Tell me real quick about this, this man. You watch him. He's so inspirational, first of all. Yeah. I like the guy. I, I don't know him. I'm, I'm not trying to say I like Everybody the guy. likes the guy. Okay. That's how Chad is. There's a couple guys that have that, that personality that just because you can tell they're genuine and they're nice, and that's what I've experienced with, with The Rock. And it's funny because the manifest destiny, you think something into existence. For the last like six, seven years, I've been working on the entertainment world, and I said I wanted to get into it. Um, I've I've written I've had scripts written I've been learning the business side of entertainment and I wanted to do that I went into retirement right after that I talked to my good bo- my good buddy Rob Hickman who uh, now seems like family now but I've only known him for you know a year and a half or so um, he's a producer of the Kickboxer movie he decided he wanted to bring me on as a producer for the next Kickboxer then I I have a slate of movies that I've been trying to work on for like seven years. And I, and I you know, got a little team together, and we got the first one funded. We just finished it, and we have the second one funded that are both low-budget. I'm not in either of them. I'll be in the third one, but we have two low-budget 
movies that were once just finished filming that we're going to edit in the next three to four months called Green Fever that I got Andre Filian. Um, and the next one's called uh, Devour, which, which will be a lower-budget thriller. And then I got the call to be in the movie Rampage, which is a $130 million film, and uh, you know, in the movie with The Rock, who's the biggest star of all time now because of the day and age we're in, etc. So literally after my, my month, you know, about a month after I retired and I've been manifesting this entertainment stuff, hit the Rampage thing, uh, got my slate of movies, got the first two funded, uh, and, and, and basically started opening the door in that world. <clears throat> Just manifest destiny, you know what I mean? The Rock was awesome, but that's something that I wanted to do. I thought it, I thought it, but I was also working hard. I, I found people that were up-and-comers in the industry. I had some concepts. I had them written. I'm not a writer, per se. I mean, I do have a book, but I'm not like a screenwriter. But I had a concept, had two concepts, had three concepts, had those things written. Now I own the properties because I want to I be a boss in that industry, and there is a roadmap unlike the other stuff. So it was cool to see The Rock. He's a producer. He's an actor. He's a... He's a WWE guy that got brought over. He's a transition from one thing to the next, just like Chad's transition from a fighter, from a wrestler to a fighter, to a to a businessman, to a uh, you know a hunting guru, to whatever else. And you know, Feely's got you know Andre Feely. He's a crack up. You know, he's got head tattoos and homemade tattoos on his hands. He's missing his front tooth, but he's got his own clothing line. Own clothing yeah. line, Outcasts and Underdogs. He's got his own music label, and he's and he's rapping. And he's, now he's, he just was a big part in his first little movie. And he's, you know, on a little win streak. He's going to be fighting for a world championship in his mind hopefully soon, which you have to believe. So, you know, I love to see these guys. Andre Feely came to me with an ankle monitor and called me yes, sir, no, sir, like he was at the cops. Like I, he was talking to the cops. I'm like, <laughs> bro, just show up to practice. You know, Chad came to me as a, as a wrestler who, who was like, dude, I'm ready to live the dream, packed his bags and moved his whole life over into a small room on the block and, and started, you know, getting punched in the face. And now he's, you know, one of the most decorated fighters in, 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 in the world and, and has his own businesses around it. Like, that kind of thing is inspired. Stallone was like that in the movie industry. Chuck Norris, The Rock. You know, these are all guys that, that started in something, made the transition over to... Uh, you know, another side of things and, and then became the boss. I love guys that become the boss because it's just a mentality, you know? Um, is, it, is it called the boss mentality? Is that what it you, hasn't been called? It's, I, I, I think, I like I think that you just come over. Yeah, I think that good. I think you're right. Favors boss right. mentality. There's I your like, next that's book. That's the next book. All right. Uh, I ha- I, I US, USPT and o, uh, US Patent and Trademark Office. <laughs> Uriah Favors boss mentality. We got to get the uh, TM search going on that That's right funny. away. I had a, I had it in my next book. I wrote it down. This already. isn't live, so we won't put this. Uh, we won't put this. Uh, <laughs> we won't put this live until you get the mentality. The boss. I, I kind of dig it. We got to figure out what the synonyms are for the letters, though. B O S S. I think B-O-S-S. that we can do that. Chad, we got B O S S. Thinking. Well, okay. So let me ask you this: Why he's thinking? What part does he play? What, what 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 does he get casted as in your next movie? Is in the he, next movie, yeah, is he is he a fisherman Chad, with an old man hat on, no. or is he a gangster, or what? Chad's the guy that is super super happy, <laughs> but if you piss him off, he's still happy, but you shouldn't have done that. <laughs> so he'll be like happily grabbing by the neck and throwing. I told you not to hit me. <laughs> what do you mean? You know what's you know what I love about uh, about 
Mendez Uriah is that he doesn't make an excuse for his lifestyle. And just oh, no. now, just now, he posts these beautiful pictures. And Abby, like literally one of my favorite people to be around in the last She's four the best. in the last twenty four months. Well, of my you know, life. we were all really good friends with Abby before her and Chad hit it off. It was yeah. so good to don't see. Don't even the two don't in. even tell me that you that you set them up too. I mean, you made it. You no. brought him in on the fight team, well, and now you introduced them. I did introduce him to, did. to Will. Technically, he did. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Will. Man, you owe this guy a lot, I man. <laughs> I owe Chad a lot. But yeah. listen, he, he puts these pictures of Lake Shasta on there. Him and his beautiful wife, selfie, holding up a fish, you know, casting the rod. And then the last one, it's Mendez standing there with his knife with a freaking filet of fish. And I'm just like, <laughs> dude, that is so badass. Because you know what? He, he's not going to make excuses for that. He lives off the land. He's a hunter and a fisherman. And I know this for a fact because of being friends with him over the last couple of years is that he takes a lot of a lot of crap for that a lot of criticism for for that lifestyle Mm -hmm. and whether whether you whether you want to believe in that lifestyle or not don't you think it's great though that there's a voice that chad mendez can do it with a smile on his face and say i'm proud of this lifestyle yeah why look at don't hide from what you're doing you have learned that from so many guys nick and nate diaz they're pot smoking uh triathlon runners (laughs) and they and they you know they're good at it and they're good at it you know at what part <laughs> yeah, whatever, but that's that's them, and it's real. Chuck Liddell, you know, doesn't say much, but he knocks dudes out, you know, and he's and he and he works his butt off. You know, Chad's a, a hunter, hunter fisherman. Um, you know, loves his girl. It's a foot taller than him, and 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 uh, can beat up anyone in the world. You what know? I what I loved what I loved about some of the interactions. One of my favorite interactions that I've ever had with Chad Mendez was um, Zach Brown, <laughs> who Zach Brown is a true rock star. Yeah. I mean, I've Zach Brown hangs out with Bruce Springsteen. He nice. hangs out with the Eagles. I mean, this is a true rock star, right? And we're back. We're we're over at Mountain View in Palo Alto, and um, we're I'm sitting there rapping with Zach at, by his bus, and Zach Zach won't look me in the eyes, and I'm like, frick. He's you know I'm trying to talk to him, and I'm like, what's up? Well, there's like this hundred yard ramp that comes down where the buses pull in your eye to yeah. where they can where they can chill for the day, and I go and I look back and I go, oh, it's Abby. She's hot. Right. He's looking at a hot girl. And I was so dead wrong. I'm like, he was he was the biggest Chad Mendez fan. And he stopped what he was doing, literally, and went over and made him feel at home at his bus. It was so awesome. Wasn't it cool? And and that was the sign. And Zach told me, he goes, I just like the way that he presents himself. I like the way that he is, his optimism, his vibe in life. And you that's what I goosebumps, man. You know what I'm saying? That's Chad. Isn't it? That's 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 why I love him. Is that you could you could be have like he goes. You're more demanding than Abby is. I'm like, no, I'm not. I just like hearing from you I, because it brings a lot of love into my life. I like I like that energy and that vibe that different people in my life can bring. And that's what having him in the gym is. Is that he's taking a picture and he's grabbing on himself to get me to smile up here. Right? He's down on the gym floor. And to me, it's just like if you can if you can be contagious in that format. Yeah. Not cancerous. I don't want a cancer. If you can be contagious in that way, that's the success of this gym. That's what the vibe of this gym is putting out there. Whether yeah. you see it or not, because you're so close to it. When I talk to people about Team Alpha Male, it's not about it's not about the, the world champions. It's about that kind of that lifestyle yeah. that's coming out here. You got you got Cody, who's known for being a badass. But what about the mentorship he gives to this kid that that is on this book tour with him? Yeah, that mentality is is something that is not to be taken for granted. The way that he gives back. Yeah, okay. absolutely. And and that that's that's the thing. It's you know that positive mental attitude and understanding like doing things bigger than yourself. 
that's something that we preach about and it, it's 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 it can get rocked out of place real easy the culture of a place and i've seen it and i have i remember you know one of the coolest things that i was able to bring from my coach lenny zaleski that he bought from dan gable was zipping the cancer how many times have you had somebody that is just trying so hard we're not even trying but they 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 shake the the foundation of what makes everything so cool and it can throw things out of whack we've had it on our team where where guys have become a cancer and you have to nip it in the bud as a leadership and have to remind people why we why why we're you know functioning the way we are and if it becomes a problem you have to cut it out and it's sometimes the hardest things to do and i'm guilty of letting it linger too long at times i'm guilty of 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 like not recognizing it fast enough and and um it's unfortunate because you know the cancer thing can 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 shake a culture of 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 a team or a business or a uh even a even a hunting trip you know you have someone that's like a bummer on the trip and you're mm-hmm. like oh man we got to deal with this yeah, this dude sure. you know like weather sucks yeah yeah it really worst. is a, a mentality and and i talked about napoleon hill you know i've i've read some of his books and and um i'm not good at reading books i get like <laughs> almost done with them and i get all pumped up and go do something yeah, you know me too. but napoleon hill he talked about there was another writer that he a researcher that, that he was with and they were trying to figure out like the keys to success and they they were arguing over what was what was the most important thing and it came down to two things and they're back and forth on what it is one was definiteness of purpose knowing what you really want out of life and what you're doing and the other thing was positive mental attitude so the the definite definiteness of purpose is Knowing what you're going after and what your goal is and what you want. Is it a, a family? Is it a million dollars in the bank so you can help people out? Is it to have your own place so you can be alone and live on the ocean for the rest of your life? What is your purpose? What is your? What are you shooting for? What do you want? That's one of the most important ingredients to successful people. And the number two thing or the number one thing, depending on how you look at it, is the positive mental attitude. Some people are born like that. They say mentality a lot of times is born that just like the baby that laughs all the time that's easy or a difficult baby and and some guys luck out like chad and you cannot get the guy down my dad's like that you cannot get my dad down my, my dad's like a dog you can forget to feed him lock him in the in the garage on accident kick him when you get home and he's all excited to have to see it you know and, and and that's something that may be a little bit genetic but some people need to to be mindful of seeing the positive maybe it's the 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 over you know, overcompensate and they, they say some positive things every day that they're thankful for. Maybe they're just, you know, just happy-go-lucky and that's the thing. But that positive mental attitude and then figuring out what it is I'm shooting for, those are two super powerful things. Yeah. And Chad's, Chad's had that from the beginning, you know, already understanding shooting for things. He learned that as a five-year-old kid where he's going to a tournament and, and we go eat pancakes after the tournament and I get my medal to put on the wall or whatever it is. You know what you're shooting for, and then that mentality—is it—is it natural? Is it learned? I think a little bit of both. But guys got to have that. Yeah. When when you, when you just a couple quick questions, right? I know you're going again. I want to say thank you very much for spending the last hour with us. Um, we can go on and on what your achievements are. So let, let's t- just talk about some things that maybe some people don't know, like like that are not in your circle or your everyday life before you leave us here. And I hope Chad can hang out a little bit. I know you got to train too, Chad. We got Clay Guida coming up. We have Darren Elkins. I love Darren. You guys sang you happy birthday to him today. It's his birthday. I think his wife had something secret planned for him. 
So he might so, not be able to come uh, yeah, in. Yeah, I, I stayed a little bit longer to make up for that. It's already one thirty. so uh, if he yeah. may not come in, but maybe I'll get Danny Castillo or one of these other guys yeah, to hop a, over we're, here. We're good. Guido's going to come by, but what what does Uriah Faber do? Besides, I know you surf. I know you vacation. Do you go to the River Cats baseball games? Do you enjoy watching live sports? I like to do anything as long as I'm with good people. I love um, it. I'm, I'm, not love a, it. I'm not a massive sports fan outside of mixed martial arts. You know, I was obsessed with mar- martial arts. Before that, I was obsessed with wrestling. Before that, I was obsessed with football. So, you know, I kind of am like living the moment and, and into what I'm into. I love to go to events with good people, with my girlfriend, with, with my buddies, uh, that's like Chad. Like I'm not a massive hunter. Dude, but I, was, I was just gonna say this. Yeah. Like Faber's like the master of just. Hey, you want to go do this? And be like, uh, yeah, let's go do it. Yeah. Like, you ask be, him anything, and he's like, okay, let's go. Yeah. As long as it's with good people, I'm like Chad. I'll be like, hey, want to go on this uh, helicopter pig hunt? And I'm like, yeah, you gonna be there? Yeah, let's go do it. Yeah, you know, that it. kind of thing. So I, I'm about being with good people. Um, I love great weather on the beach. I love business because I feel like I'm doing stuff. It's I don't even I I don't think I've cashed a check in maybe ten years or answered the mail or paid a bill. But I like success and I like. God, I love being, hearing that. You know, I, I really <laughs> That's have. That's so awesome to hear. Yeah, and I pay people that I really trust, Tommy Candy, to make sure that I, they can do the stuff that I do not like to do. <laughs> uh, you know, I hate getting gas because I'm forced to do it. Otherwise, I can't drive my car. And I'll go all the way till I'm like about to run out of gas. I'm like, all right, I'm going to stop and go get some gas. Has it because of the smell it leaves on your hands? I mean, you're no. a fighter. <laughs> Wrestlers and fighters are the stinkiest people on the earth and when they leave a gym. Like, what's the, the, like, why don't you just put on some gloves? No, it's not the smell. It's, it's like the I, stop. I like it to puts a stop. Drum. I'm like, dude, there's a bunch of shit I want to do. I got to get gas. Isn't it Damn weird? It. I do, too. And I used to have a thing where it's like, <clears throat> you got two miles so you got, you're empty. <laughs> then you got one mile till you're empty. And I'm like, just right to that edge. And I'm like, all right, I'll stop and get gas. And then I don't have that in my new car, so I've run out of gas twice in my driveway. <laughs> and I had to, like, go get, I, I call Tommy and Candy. Hey, will you guys get me some gas? You're right. There's, there's, I, I hope that we get to do it again because with, when you have a storied career like you do, that's Joey Rodriguez. Joey Rodriguez, yeah. baby. That's the fight coach. That's the boxing that's coach. Um, when you have a storied career like you do, I hope that you invite us back to do this again sometime to where yeah. we can get more of the nuts. But um, the nuts and bolts of things, I didn't mean to say you're nuts. That was weird. <laughs> like, He's Mendez nuts. is looking at me like, yeah, I love that. So, okay, so <laughs> I walk up to you and I'm wearing a wait. I'm a waiter. And I got Welcome to Makuni on my on my shirt. Makuni is, go ahead and tell everybody what is this place. Oh, it's the best sushi on the planet. Okay. Oh, so good. Hands down. Okay, now, I say, what would you like, Mr. Faber? What? Give me your order, your first order, and they probably already know when you walk in. Yeah. But I'm a rookie. I don't even I don't even know that you've been there before. I don't know that there's a money roll on the yeah. on the deal. So what, what what do you order first off at Makuni? I get a citrus blossom, which is seared ahi tuna with like a. They won't tell me. I've asked a bunch of times yeah, what it's it good. is. Whatever the it's like is. nutty, oily citrus with a, like a full good orange on it. Then I'll get a tarafin, which is some sort of like uh, super soft tender fish raw with some sort of ponzo sauce that like cooks it and deep fried uh deep fried uh what are they oyster no the 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 pepperoni not pepperoni uh, um jalapeno? jalapenos deep fried jalapenos on the side and then i'll get an incredible roll which is like you know the american type of roll it's got all these different sauces and deep fried shrimp and and, and stuff like that those three i just had them yesterday the, those uh, so uriah so Fa- uriah faber eats deep fried 
Yeah. Sometimes. I'll work out whenever I want. I mean, I can eat whatever I want. I don't eat it very often, See, but Matt. I'm not scared. Mm-hmm. You're right. Scared. You're right. <laughs> this here, Here's the deal is that you've, in the last 65, 70 minutes, you've literally drawn a roadmap. If somebody took the time to broke, break down this podcast, except for that 30 seconds that I went on because he shook me a little bit when he started talking, when he started talking about, um, the, the, uh, the, the, I was good at talking because I'm like, I think he's trying to say I talk too much. <laughs> yeah. And it threw me that's off what for a minute. Saying, yeah. yeah, that's what you're saying. But what I was, what I want to tell you, Uriah, is that you've lived, you've, you've, I don't know how you were when you were young, but I know that you had the right mentality. You've lit, you've, you've guided this career. I don't know if you've lived a life yet because you're still living life. I love watching you because you're always just doing it, man. I'm like, that dude's in Singapore. Right? What? He's in freaking Honolulu yeah. yesterday. I'm it's like, it's a tra- he's a <laughs> yeah, jet setter, right? But what you've done without knowing it in a lot of ways is you've inspired a lot of people. And the way that you live your life, the way that you presented yourself, I just, I remember, and I don't, I don't want to bring up the Aldo fight because I didn't know, and I know that you're not afraid to talk about anything, but when I fell in love with you as a, as a fan was your interview with Boz Rutten and Kenny on Inside MMA after the Aldo fight. And you were on crutches and they were talking about your legs on the kicks that you endured in that fight against Aldo. And yeah. you were just like, you, you were so humble about it. You didn't make excuses. And I was like, dude, look at his legs. Because you showed your legs oh, on, that, on that. On that on I don't that. remember, but yeah, I, I remember the leg. But any, I think I blacked out for a whole month from those legs. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, I just wanted your to say... Your legs were so bad. I wanted oh. to say thank you, Uriah, and I know that there's a lot of people that want to know more, but what you've done, the inspiration that you provide, when I told Matt that we were going to get a chance, he hasn't said anything. He usually talks. <laughs> but, what he's getting out, but what he's getting out of this, I promise you, when we're on our three-hour drive back, what he got out of this means way more than anything that me and him could have said during the podcast. Podcast. So, awesome. man, what you've done is awesome. This gym is so badass. Isn't it cool? You're, what you do for the people that walk into these doors is awesome. And we got big fights coming up. Let's just talk about them, and then you're gone. You got Mendez coming up in July. You got Elkins coming up. You got No Love coming up. You got Northcutt. I, I mean, I just named four of the we top got, fighters in the UFC right yeah. there. Yeah, we got Song. We've got Teru, Song's from China. Teru's from Japan. We've got uh, Ninja Kinetti that's fighting this weekend. We've got, uh, you know, the list goes on. We've got a ton of fighters that are that are up and coming so i think we have like maybe 11 ufc fighters up right now and uh tyler diamond i think is probably going to be fighting here soon he was on the ultimate fighter so and say the girl's name one more time Uh, 18 year old uh that's Corey mckenna she's three weeks out She's like Mary Poppins with uh, the <laughs> ability to ass. kill you. Yeah. Super frail and <laughs> yeah. casual. Yeah. So the, my last question before you leave is, is there any chance possible within the next two months I can get, look like Norcut? What would it take? Uh, I would say probably some <laughs> surgery, some Adderall, some yeah. steroids for you, yeah. uh, some, you know, a, a little bit of starvation <laughs> and some long runs. Yeah. <laughs> all right, I'm gonna I'm gonna take all that and some trifecta and nutrition. A, yeah, trifecta. Oh, he got it in that. there. He got a little what kind <laughs> little of nutrition? Trifecta, trifecta nutrition. What, what, some purist labs. Did a lot of training with Matt. Yeah. Well, yeah. Matt's got Matt. Matt's 45, and look at him. He won the uh, he won the uh, uh, what was the big thing? The Spartan. He won the Spartan. Nice. You're right. He's a. Oh he's, wow. He, That's awesome. He's won some big contests also. But man, hey, I appreciate you, yeah, bro. Let's get together. Let's go to Makuni someday. Let's do it. And then uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna be coming out of the podcast soon, so we'll, we'll return the. Uh, the favor and you can be on mine. You got the name of it yet? The Boss uh, Podcast. The California Kid. The, the Cali Cast. The Cali Cast. Ooh, I yeah. like that. See I like it too. Good. All right, guys. We'll see you soon. Appreciate your right favor. Thank Mendes. you. Yeah, I got Mendez. I got to get going soon too. I got a massage at two. No, right, you got 20 you're minutes. Gonna, you're going to skip your massage yeah. Is your massage right. in this building? Yeah, it's just right in the back. You guys are right. right. Thank you, brother. Yeah, you got it. Appreciate you, man. <clears throat>
Uriah's oh. leaving. Hey, oh wait, Uriah, I wanted to give you this. I forgot. Uriah, this is a gift from my friend Jason Landmark. He's the president and CEO of Master Cutlery and Elk Ridge Knives, and these are all badass blades. Oh, they're the sharpest blades on the market. They're, they're from M-Tech and Elk Ridge. You can give a couple to your boys. Faber's gonna cut I'm his damn so fingers. I'm so pumped. Off. I'm gonna tell you. I always used to ask for knives for Christmas, my <laughs> really? birthday, and everything else. Really? And my dad got me a knife when I was maybe in kindergarten for the for my birthday, and against my mom's will. And so I opened it. She's like, "Oh, you're gonna cut yourself!" And it was like super hard open. I opened it, cut, cut myself, and I walked around outside for like an hour and a half. I didn't want to tell anybody. <laughs> and I finally had to tell my parents I cut myself, so they took my uh, knife away. But I got a BB gun instead. Yeah. So. Yeah. Oh, but nice. those are all yours. That's from uh, That's Jason cool. Landmark. Thank you, and, uh, man. I appreciate I, it. When I told him you were coming, he's a big fan of yours, and he said, "Make sure he gets these knives." So uh, nice. I'm all over these. I'll be cutting up all sorts of stuff. Thank you. <laughs> all right, yeah. brother. Have a good Later. day. Later, man. So. <clears throat> Just, I know you got to go to your massage, but just give me the, the, you're training hard right now. Where the fight, when's the fight, who's the fight against, and what's going to happen in the fight? What's the game plan? Uh, Boise, Idaho, uh, July 14th, and Miles Jury is the opponent. Um, Miles is, he's a guy that trains with uh, Dominic Cruz and those guys down in San Diego. Um, big, big for the weight class. He actually cut down from 55, so he's tall. Um, but he's cutting a lot of weight. Um, so in my opinion, I, I watched a lot of tape on him. Honestly, I, f I feel like he was a better fighter at 55 is the way he moves and um, his power and speed. Um, I, I don't know if that weight cut is, is pretty probably pretty taxing on him. But um, in my mind, it's a great matchup. Um, you know, being able to mix it up, use my footwork, mix in wrestling with, with a lot of heavy power punches, I think it's going to be key to beat this guy. So. And you have a you're gonna have a support system in Boise with Mountain Ops and Traeger. Oh yeah, we I've got... already heard that. I mean, I'm I'm gonna be in Argentina, which <sighs> sucks. Blowing it, dude. I, I want to be at the fight so bad. Um, what is the number one thing you look to defend yourself against? Is it his takedown? Is it his boxing? I, I I've heard he's good at, at a lot, but he's not great at anything. Yeah. Is he just a well-rounded fighter? Yeah, he is, and he's a you know he's a black belt, so he's he's slick on the ground. Um, he was a wrestler before anything, but his wrestling's not super high level. Um, he's not, he, to me, he doesn't look like he's very um, physically empowering. He's not super strong or, you know, nothing seems insane fast or powerful. He is a really good um, counter striker, stepping backwards. Um, he'll throw big knees. Um, and he's got some, some great push kicks, like kind of like a snap kick up to your um, um, like Soloplex. And I'm sure, it, especially after watching the Connor fight, he'll probably try to throw some of those just to kind of keep me at bay, um, which is great for, you know, catching those and taking down or, you know, using footwork to get out of the way and catch him with a big punch. So um, all in all, I think his style from what we've seen the last few fights, um, you know, I just think it match, matches up great for me. I feel good. And so what, what would, when Tyler calls you and Chad Ward calls you, what's going to be on that post-fight menu? The oh, party? Dude. Come on, I don't, Come I don't on, know dude. what they're going to grill up, but I'm hoping at that point where, I mean, something delicious and fatty. I mean, if we could do some like ribs or maybe even some brisket or something crazy to where I won't be able to eat throughout my camp, you know, but um, dude, we have so many groups going. I think I have like three groups of 10 to 20 um, that God, bought tickets from Utah. We got the whole Traeger group going, Mountain Ops, um, uh, a bunch of my friends and family, a bunch of the teammates. It's going to be a, a big outcome. I'm excited. It's going to be fun. And, I, and I'm going to be down in Argentina and South America. Yeah, I don't with, feel bad for you. <laughs> I'm going to be, I'm gonna be uh, shooting ducks. Yeah. 
But I want to be, I'm hoping they have pay-per-view down there. Hopefully. I wonder if they do. I don't know. I wonder if they do. I'm sure. I don't know if my, I don't think this is pay-per-view. It's you think, a, Abby, it's a you think I could FaceTime Abby during it and she can just hold the phone up? Probably. She'll be covering his, her eyes. She doesn't even like watching it. She doesn't? She'll be front row. And she she'll gets nervous? Like, uh, she gets so nervous. Do but, you? Uh, of course, there's some nerves. There's always a little bit of nerves, but I think that's good. What's your fight? What's your walkout song going to be? Same. It Country is? boy, Aaron Lewis. Hell is yeah. Is it really? Does, yeah. does, uh, have you talked to Aaron? Is he ready? Does he know that that's coming up? Does he, does he understand no, no. that that plays at all the fights? Oh, yeah. He, I, he played it live for me on my Connor fight. Oh, he was up God. above. When I walked out of the tunnel, he was on a, on a stage right above me. So I walked out underneath him, and he was playing it live. And I like, looked back and like, gave him a nod. What's up? How awesome it is he? Was so sick. Like, he gave me the pick from that night that he was playing with, on his guitar. God, his voice. Yeah, he's good, man. He's good. He's amazing. That hey, song gets me so pumped. So I'm gonna be I'm gonna be just stay in touch. I know that you're busy. I know that I'm too demanding of your time, but <laughs> your training camp's going well. You killed some turkeys. You've been catching some fish. You've yep. been eating organic. You're eating wild all the time. I love it. Is there anything that we need to know about at this time right now besides the fight coming up, Boise, Idaho, July 14th? Is is there anything happening right now with fins and feathers? Is there anything happening with the Mendez uh, family of businesses? What's going on with that? Yeah, I mean, our first fins and feathers trip is coming up at the end of June. We have a, a big um, fishing trip that we go out of San Diego. Um, Dan Henderson's actually going to be the celebrity on that trip, so he'll be going out fishing with. Uh, I think we have thirty clients on that oh. boat. Um, that's that's always a great time, especially if the weather stays nice. You're out there drinking beers in the sun, catching tuna, you know, yellowtail. Uh, rockfish, whatever, you know, stopping on, on big rock piles and doing that too. So it's, it's, uh, that I've done that trip a couple, couple times and it's definitely one of my favorite trips. I'm kind of bummed I can't go on it, but, um, that's coming up at the end of this, uh, sorry, the end of June. And then, um, after that, we have some stuff in July, August, September, October. So I'll be going on a few of those trips mixed out, mixed through that time frame. And well, we, we still need to figure out ours. We got a couple California and uh, another location. I was talking to Hendo about doing the Oklahoma trip again yeah. and bringing you out on that. So maybe we mix that in with the Fins and Feathers deal. I really want to do that California Waterfowl Association trip that we're talking about where we combine Fins and Feathers, us, and the yeah. CWA and, and get some lucky guys to come out and film a hunt with you. Yeah, and I think that'd be cool. Maybe get Hendo in on that. Mm-hmm. He's a California resident, yeah. too. Oh, yeah. So you're ready for the fight? I'm ready. I'll be ready. And what is there any more right training now. left today that I can get in on because I do feel like ripping somebody's ass? You wanna, do you want to put that uh, body shield on and let me rip your core again? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, <laughs> no. I ain't doing it today. Matt, you got anything for Mendez before we leave him before his big fight? Well, you know, we're just talking a lot about mindset. You know, and, uh, by the way, Carol Dweck, she has a great book. It's called Mindset. Really? You know? So the open, open mindset. And I, I believe a lot of what we already talked about, you – you either have it or you don't, but I do think that culture can really improve that open mindset. For sure. You know, and so coming here today really uh, allows me to realize why you've been so successful. I mean, this, this place oozes culture, good culture. You, know, you, you look all around the walls and there's great quotes on the walls, but that's just quotes, right? Like at the end of the day, it's, what actually happens here that matters Mm -hmm. and i'm listening to these guys talk to coaches after class and chad was saying same thing like look at all these guys working together it doesn't matter what rank they are it doesn't matter Mm -hmm. you know who they are they're all just working together to to get better and that's i think that's what grows a solid team i mean when i first got here i mean i didn't have any mma training i jumped right in with the pros and 
you know, I was getting punched and kicked and just trying to take everybody down because that's all I knew. But, you know, that's how, you know, you get better. You you rise to the level of these pros and, and the guys that are top level in the UFC. You know, training with Uriah, who was, you know, the WEC champ at that time. You know, that's that's huge for me. I'm a nobody. I just came out of college, you know. And, uh, you know, doing the same thing with these up-and-comers here, that's definitely huge for them as well. And being able to have them see what it takes to be a top-level UFC fighter and see, you know, the athleticism and, and technique and skill set that, it, that it's going to take to get there, it just rubs off on them. And, you know, it's an easy way for them to figure it out by just watching us and, and doing what we do than trying to go out and do all the research themselves and trying to figure it out and locating a gym and, and trying to, you know, just do the whole thing by themselves. So it, it definitely helps. Well, and there's a lot of young kids. I was talking to a mother here. Mm-hmm. Her son was in class, and she was talking about how his life has completely changed just because you guys actually take the time to talk to him. You know his name. Mm-hmm. You recognize his successes, his improvements. And she said it's not it's not fake. It's not something that just happens once. Every time he's in here, somebody's encouraging him, talking to him, getting down to his uh, level, literally taking a knee and talking to him when he's 12 years old, all the way until now. I think he's 17, and he's kind of a badass, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. We and, have we have a couple guys that are like that. It started off really young, and um, you know we do the same thing in that in the outdoor world, in the hunting and, and fishing world. I mean. Hunting is especially something that is, you know, it's on the chopping block at all times. So, you know, trying to share, you know, the the things that we've learned from, you know, a lifelong of hunting and, and fishing and, and, and just handing that down to the younger generation. It's the same thing as being in here in the gym. Like, you know, like I said, we've, we've fought for the world titles. We know what it takes training-wise. So being able to hand that down to the younger generation i mean that's what's going to keep the sport going and this sport is growing so fast and evolving so fast that you know that's that's what it is now you got kids that are coming in six seven years old that are doing full mma at that point like most of us this generation are you know we had a background of wrestling or a background of boxing or background of jujitsu or something you know and then we have to learn all the other stuff where now it's like you're jumping straight into mixed martial arts and you're learning you know how to be a full around all around mma fighter and so um that generation i'm gonna get in i'm gonna have my career and get the hell out before they get (laughs) big enough to start whooping my butt so it's it's cool i know you got to go mendez but do you do you uh what do you got about five minutes yeah three minutes i wanted to grab a bite too. Yeah, well, we're good. Did he can you, wait a little bit. Did you already? Uh, how was that fish you had for lunch? It wasn't very good. <laughs> <laughs> fish and brown rice and and steamed vegetables. Sounds mm. like a diet meal. Uh, it's just something quick and easy right after. But yeah, I it, want some sushi. Is your oh my? Can we go, dude? <laughs> yeah. See, I'm with no carb over here. No, he eats carbs. Eats yams. I'd be down to go if you guys could wait an hour. <laughs> we might. We might do it. I'm up for it. Yeah. Okay. Good. Um, will Abby meet us? Uh, she's at work. Yeah. She can't. Um, we can go stop by there and, and give her hell, though. We we'll should. walk in the shop and... We should. <laughs> All right, let's go do it. How long is your massage? Hour. So... Uh, maybe a little bit over an hour. I just... I just, just give me just a normal day now. Because you, you see your guys' <laughs> physiques. You see the shape that you have to be in to endure five rounds of fighting in, in, the, in the octagon. You're, you're talking five minutes of straight fighting at a time, which... It doesn't sound like a lot. In the, in, the, in the big scheme of things, five minutes is not that long. 
until you're mm-hmm. until you're fighting and yeah. wrestling and throwing hands and tangle and in the clinch. What does it take to get into fight shape? What is your normal day? You're right now. You have May, June, and a little bit of July. So you got about two months right now. Yep. What is a normal day of training right now? And I know there's different facets, but give me today. So today, what we did was it was our sparring day. Wednesdays are our sparring days. Yeah, sorry. Wednesdays are our sparring days. So we typically come in uh, 9:30. Practice starts. We'll warm up. You know, running, doing different dynamic warm-up type stuff, stretching while we're moving and. Um, we usually do that for about uh, half hour, 45 minutes. Um, and then we'll go through some combo. We'll put all our, our gear on, our you know shin guards, gloves, hand, uh, hand wraps. And then we'll go through combos for about 15, 20 minutes. Um, you know, and you're just kind of getting the rhythm of things. People throwing punches at you. You slip in, move in, and you throwing punches and kicks as well. And then it's balls to the wall. So like today I did three five-minute rounds. I'm fighting three five-minute rounds. Um, and so typically at the beginning of camp, I won't start off doing three, five minute rounds. We'll kind of work up to that. But, um, today we wanted to kind of get a baseline, um, of what my MMA threshold is going to be. Um, we did, uh, uh, all the threshold testing on a treadmill, but, um, we just were curious to see if it was going to be, um, any different, you know, doing full MMA. So, um, surprisingly the numbers, um, weren't that far off. They were, you know, five maybe four or five beats per minute off um but all in all it's pretty similar to what we got on the treadmill so um yeah so that's what we did today three five minute rounds and you're basically just moving around you know it's pretty much a fight simulation you're throwing kicks you're throwing punches you're wrestling you're grappling uh ground and pound everything you would see in a fight you're doing so um that's that's probably the most difficult training because it's most you know the thing that's probably most similar to a fight and like you said, going five minutes in a round is until you're in there going balls to the wall. Like you don't really understand how difficult that can be. But, you know, just building up and doing the right things throughout the training camp to where at the end, I mean, three, five minute rounds, you should be able to go five, five minute rounds, six, five minute rounds. No problem. You know. So how far out are you when you stop getting the heck, heck beat out of you in practice? Is there a time where you say, OK, I'm ready. That's mm-hmm. enough. When is Typically that the week before we leave. So that's two weeks before. Um, you might do one last sparring session, you know, towards the beginning of that week. And then the rest of the stuff is just fight simulation stuff to where you're not actually getting punched in the head. You're not taking the risk of getting an elbow or a headbutt or something where you accidentally get cut. Um, you definitely do not want to get cut that close to a fight. I mean, there is a chance that you could get pulled and they, they won't let you fight if the commission doesn't think it's safe. Um, but, um, yeah, typically like a week and a half before the fight you, is the last spar session. I think that Vegas is a better option for you now that I just found out that you go there a week before mm-hmm. the fight because Boise's got too many rivers. Yeah. It's got way too <laughs> no. many mountains. You're going to find something to shoot. Your gra- your groundhogs, squirrels, <laughs> trout. You're going to be fly rod. I mean, you need to pay attention, dude. Yeah, I'm going to hit up my boy Jorgensen, Scott Jorgensen. Yeah, he lives and, right there yeah, in Star. Uh-huh. Scotty so. Jorgensen. Uriah fought him. Yeah. They fought back in the day. So I'll tell him to show us a good time. I'll Jorgensen's wait until after the awesome. fight, but I definitely want to go try to fish or do something. Well, I got contacts up there, buddy. Let's do it. That place yeah. is awesome. Boise cool. is awesome. Hell yeah. I'd love to get out there. And I know uh, some of the river systems out there hold some monster fish. So you come, in, you, you, you come into Boise with, they do, and they have 
The Snake River is amazing. Mm-hmm. You, take Abby up there and get on a jet boat, and, and I can help you line that up if you want. But get on a jet boat and go just tour the Snake River and see what – I mean, it's badass river, yeah, man. Really? I'm talking just like canyon <clears throat> walls. It's like you're almost like down in the Grand Canyon really? in some parts of that river. We, we duck hunt on it a, button, uh, a bunch, but, man, it's – you have to see it. Just don't leave that place until you go on it. But cool. are you are – you, right now, are you saying to yourself that – I have so many years left in this fight game or are you, are you right now ready to say, this is my voyage right now. I'm starting my journey to the world championship. And that's where I'm at with you right now is that you, you, you are one of the always have been in your weight division. I I'm saying it right now that this is going to be the first fight on your way to the world championship. I know that's your mentality. Um, give me an idea of how far out that could be in the UFC fight game. Will we see you fight for a championship and how long could it take, you know, with the way that these fights are matched up? Yeah. I mean, that's the ultimate goal. You know, I want to, I always said I'd fight till 35, 36, kind of reevaluate and see what my body was doing. Um, but you know, this is definitely my title run. I mean, I'm, I'm, I've been there before I've done it. And ultimately it just comes down to the UFC this day and age too. Like the rankings don't typically matter anymore. I mean, there's so many fights that have happened that make zero sense in the ranking systems it's you know what the ufc wants to see happen you know it's what's going to make them the most money so you know you just really never know but in my mind you know if i go out there and beat jury and uh, i'd probably get another fight maybe a top five guy and if i go out there and beat that guy you know i don't see why i wouldn't be next in line for a title shot depending on who it is or maybe one more fight and then a title shot and so who, who holds the title right now <clears throat> max holloway the hawaiian kid and who he just got hurt before his last fight is that what happened who was he supposed to fight yeah he got hurt i think it was his knee i believe um and then he actually got called last minute um to fight to fill in for um to fight khabib and was going to do it and couldn't make the weight i guess the the commission said it was unsafe um so he, he got pulled from that, I think, a couple of days before. Um, but, yeah, and that, I mean, the guy's huge for featherweight. I don't know how he makes 145. He's, yeah, he's from Hawaii? Walks, yeah, walks around like 180, 185. Yeah. Really? Yeah, so I don't know how true that is. But that, I think that's what Faber said. He said talk to him, and he was like 180, 185. So, I mean, that's a hell of a cut. But, um, yeah, I mean, that's just where the sport's going. I mean, these the, everyone's getting so much bigger in this weight class, and they've actually talked about doing um, – different type of I think it's like hydration testing or something like where the commission doesn't allow you to cut more um than yeah than your body will allow in their in their rules in their terms you know so I don't know if that's actually going to happen or not but um it's definitely something that's been talked about I'm I I think that I think that the time is now is that the the championship run the what you have going on um with your entire scope of businesses and the way in, you know, and, and Abby and getting married in the last year, it's, it's that special time. It's people like you that, that are going to get that opportunity. And well, I, I just see like this different thing happening right now. I got, I, I'm painting this picture. I'm visual. I'm using visualization process right now, but I really think this is it. I think that I've been telling Tom and the guys that see, I'm, I'm telling you, he's going to be a world champion and to know that you're going to be a world champion. To know you've already been on that scale, man. We appreciate you as a friend. I know that you got to get going, but what I want to do is I want to come back after july maybe the week of july 20th on a celebration podcast talk about um you know talk about what happened in the fight lay it out how you went into it and did you follow the game plan what changed what did you have to adapt to and what goes through that fighter's mind and that mentality because that's what life is all about is 
adaptation and figuring out how to get over those roadblocks and around the mountain sometimes you can't always go over it you know you always hear i'm just gonna go <laughs> sometimes you got to figure out how to how to get around it and i want to know what is that fighter's mindset uriah's mindset today was awesome it's awesome to get to know the other side of people because yeah. you see somebody on tv and you're like man i want you know everybody's just normal like you say it doesn't matter he's acting in movies now he's just in rampage yeah it's gonna be a huge hit yeah. so man i appreciate you brother let's go to Makuni and, and let's make sure that uh we get a W, Miles Drury. Jury. Jury. Miles Jury. Watch out. I'm, I'm making a prediction for my boy Mendez. No disrespect to Miles. Takes a hell of a soul and a heart and a passion to get into the octagon. Matt, um, you got a good luck wish for Mendez before we let him go get hands put on him on a massage? <laughs> yeah, just eye of the tiger like we talked about last time. Mendez right. has got it. Yep. And so we believe in you, bud. Uh, thank you. It's cool, buddy. I yeah. can't wait. Let's get do it, it done. All right. You have fun in Argentina, and then we'll celebrate when you get back. All after right. my fight. Have fun at that Traeger after party. All right. Say life on earth won't last that long. What you gonna do when the money's all gone?